It's a snowy day here as I record, and the Boston Bruins have scattered to parts unknown and parts warmer here as the All-Star break kicks off. On today's episode, we are going to answer a couple of mailbag questions, as well as give you an update on David Krejci's Olympic hopes, and uh, just have some fun here on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. So let's get into it, friends. Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be as well as take a look around the NHL. My name is Ian McLaren. Did I already say that? Probably. And uh, I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Boston Bruins your first listen every day. The podcast is free, unavailable on your audio platform, whether you use Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Pocket Casts. Each new episode automatically added to your feeds for you to download, listen, and enjoy. Uh, If you could also rate and review, that would be so very much appreciated. The podcast is also available in video form on YouTube. Those of you watching can get a look at my sweet meth bear toque that I'm rocking today. And uh, yeah, please feel free to comment there and keep the conversation going. For those of you who may be new to the podcast, I am a lifelong Bruins fan. And I have been writing about this team since... The Joe Thornton trade, I think, was the first uh, event that caused me to sit down at my computer and madly tap out some uh, some feelings. I worked for five years as a uh, full-time news editor for The Score, covering the NHL. Uh, covered some Canadian Hockey League junior prospects for uh, SB Nation. Uh, currently write for Owner's Box. And also host this podcast, and I'm very excited to talk about the Boston Bruins with you each and every day. Now, yesterday I posted a a call for some mailbag questions. Before that, I tweeted out a gif of Linus Allmark, Jeremy Swayman with their now famous post-game hug uh, that the NHL has jumped on and started tweeting out. I said, I love Tuka Rask with all my hockey heart, but the joy this hug brings me after Bruins wins is a very real. And Art Bowline uh, asked, would love to see a story on the origin of this post-game tradition. I did a little digging, and I think it just comes down to this being a supportive tandem right from the very beginning. Uh, Lauren Campbell of Nesson, who's also the host of the Locked on Red Sox podcast, she posted something back in September talking about how after Linus Allmark signed a four-year contract with the Bruins, uh, pairing him with Jeremy Swayman while Tukarask faced an off-season hip surgery rehabilitation process. Um, Allmark 
immediately texted uh, Jeremy Swayman, reaching out. He said it was just felt like it was the right thing to do. I wanted him to feel we're in this together. And Swayman certainly appreciated the sentiment. He said, I think that was one of the coolest things. Just great for an older goalie or a player in general to reach out like that. Allmark, he's older than Swayman, but he's not, you know, near the end of his career by any means. He's only 28. And uh, yeah, that really made an impression on Swayman and helped to form a positive relationship early on. And Swayman uh, expanded on that near the beginning of the regular season. Um, Swayman was asked about the competition, quote unquote, that was developing between himself and Allmark in net. Uh, Swayman said, this is per uh, Ty Anderson of 98.5, the sports hub. We are teammates. That's the best part about it all, Swayman said. We want what's best for the team. Everyone that wears the spoke to be knows the same thing. It's a high competitive locker room. We understand that if we compete against each other, it's only going to make the team better. And that's their mindset. Um, So it's that, yeah, kind of internal competition pushing each other but in a positive way not in a way that uh you know pits one against the other but it's team first what's best for the team and you know we saw that early on where Allmark new to the organization struggled a bit off the top Swayman uh started opening night he was strong out of the gate and then uh, Allmark started to get better and better, a bit more comfortable. Swayman took a bit more of a back seat, but you still saw every game or every win anyways, that hug emerge. And I did uh, look back at where it started, and I believe it goes back to opening night. Uh, Swayman and Allmark did not suit up together for wins in the preseason. Uh, The season opening game was played back in October against the Dallas Stars. A couple days after, Swayman talked about that uh, competition and uh, just doing what's best for the team. Swayman got the start on opening night. He made 27 saves on 28 shots. 964 save percentage. And sure enough, if you look at the game uh, or go rewatch the game, go to the end, the Nesson broadcast, you can clearly see uh, all the Bruins line up to to give uh, Swayman some props after the game. And Allmark stops in front of him and reaches out his hand. It's not as pronounced as it has become where they, you know, skate out to each other, pause, raise their arms, uh, in a huge way and give each other a hug, but it was there as early as opening night. And again, I love Tugarask. Uh, he is arguably the best goalie in franchise history, one of the best in the NHL over the past 10, 12 years. Uh, I wish him the best in his quest to come back and be a high-level goalie again for the Boston Bruins. But at the same time, this relationship between Swayman and Allmark 
has been a highlight for me as a Bruins fan this season. Uh, it's taken off around the league. People who aren't Bruins fans think it's great. And uh, it's really become, you know, it's it's not huge, but it's something we need <laughs> in, in 2022. Uh, life is difficult. And to see these two guys just uh, support each other in that way after a win, uh, yeah, brings a lot of joy to my heart. And I know it's uh, it's pretty cool for, for all of us to watch after the Bruins win. And, uh, you know, it was sad when Allmark and Swayman uh, were – uh, not ripped apart, but Swayman was sent back to the HL. You saw Omar give himself a hug. Uh, it's just nice to see that back. Taking nothing away from Tugarask and his quest to come back, but uh, this has been a highlight for me this season for sure. Before we get to uh, another mailbag question, a quick word about Bet Online. They have you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Football is almost done. The big game's coming up in a couple weeks. And betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season at BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you again for making Locked on Bruins your first listen every day. So very much appreciated. Now make your second listen the Locked on NHL podcast. Locked on experts covering the biggest stories around the NHL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. Now I did get another question that came in from Denny Dester at Dester Jester uh, DM asking, what do you think the ceiling is for the Bruins in the playoffs? With them currently sitting in the second wildcard spot, is it worth it to try and make a big splash at the trade deadline to get to the third spot in the Atlantic or just make a small move or two to push for the first wildcard spot? Great question, Denny. And when you look at the Eastern Conference landscape, it's a difficult road no matter how you slice it. Right now, the Bruins, as the second wildcard team, would face the Florida Panthers in the opening round. If they were to jump up into the first wildcard spot, they would play the Carolina Hurricanes. Those two teams right now, in terms of point percentage, are second and third overall in the NHL with Carolina actually having an advantage over the Panthers. They're five points back of the Panthers for first in the East with five games in hand. Say the Bruins were to move up to the third spot in the Atlantic. That would mean likely bumping Toronto out. And that would result in a first round meeting with the Tampa Bay Lightning the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. Uh, highly unlikely that the Bruins would jump up to second or that Tampa would fall to a wildcard spot to set up a meeting with the Toronto Maple Leafs. We all know they have had success against that team in the past. Uh, so those are kind of the most likely first-round meetings for the Bruins right now. Either you play 
the Hurricanes, the Panthers, or the Lightning. All three teams are elite-level teams in the NHL this season. So it's going to be hard to get out of the first round, no matter how you slice it. Now, having said that, uh, the Panthers, you know, they're unproven in the postseason. Toronto, Florida, the only two teams not to win a playoff series in the shootout era. Now the Seattle Kraken will join them there. Uh, Hurricanes, the Bruins beat in the playoffs a couple years ago in the bubble. Frederick Anderson, we all know, has been vulnerable in the postseason in the past. Um, so, yeah, I really don't know what uh, what to make of their playoff prospects at the moment. If it's, I don't think it really matters right now where they finish, but I do think they will make a big splash at the trade deadline, not in order to, you know, move up or down in the standings, but just to give themselves the best shot at um, playoff success. Um, So we'll have to see what exactly uh, that means. Uh, Fluto Shinzawa posted an article this morning on The Athletic. What I'm hearing about Jack Stanika, Yerho Vakaninen, and the Bruins' top trade need, which, uh, according to one uh, NHL source, said it's so obvious what their need is, and that is second-line center. Uh, one NHL source said they like Stanika, wouldn't mind him on whatever team they represent. Don't think he's a number two center, maybe a number three. Uh, Eric Halla has been playing that position before going out with COVID. Thomas Nosek filled that role the other night. Uh, Charlie Coyle has started there, but he's probably best suited as a third line center. So the Bruins have themselves kind of three, bottom six uh, centers there in the mix with Coil, Nosek, and Haula. Uh, their most pressing need, Shinzawa writes, is a number two center for this season and years beyond. Who knows if they might need a number one center past this season as well, depending on what Patrice Bergeron does. He mentions Claude Giroux in the um, mix to fill the role this season, maybe JT Miller from uh, Vancouver to become a guy that is here for quite some time. Um, Obviously, David Krejci has moved on, Patrice Bergeron. He's going to say goodbye at some point. He's playing well right now, but he's only signed through this season. Doesn't want to talk about it. Uh, Stanika has not developed as the Bruins expected this season. Shinzawa notes zero goals, one assist, and five NHL games. Uh, strength in battle areas remains lacking. Uh, he has been seeing some net front work on the power play in Providence. That's where he needs to get stronger below the circles. Man strength, they said. Um, the Bruins have to determine whether Stanika can rebuild his game, help the big club when he's ready for full-time NHL play. If not, he could be a trade piece. Uh, and Yerho Vakaninen could also fit in that role as well. Uh, 
the same NHL source who said they like Stanika said, what is Vakaninen? What's his ceiling? Could you put him out there in the playoffs? The left side was a weakness last year. His status is unknown because he uh, suffered an apparent upper body injury in the game against uh, Seattle the other night. It seems as though both these guys who were drafted quite high, uh, Stanika in the second round, Vakaninen in the first round, uh, they are solid pieces for the future, but the Bruins are in win-now mode with Patrice Bergeron still in the mix. Uh, and maybe one or the other could help them get there. Um, you know, we talk about how the left side is the Bruins' weakness. Grizzlick isn't going anywhere. They rely on Forbort to play important shutdown minutes. Um, if the Bruins believe Vakaninen, is a keeper. Maybe they could float Riley on the trade market. Uh, Vakanina is not as dynamic offensively as Riley. Um, again, I would personally rather see them um, beef up the right side with uh, Connor Clifton, the main option behind Carlo and McAvoy. But all that to say, the Bruins are in win-now mode, believe it or not, despite better teams ahead of them. and. We know Jake DeBrusque is in play. Zach Sinitian's in play. It seems as though Stanika, maybe Vakanainen could be in play. And that should be able to bring them in second line center, which is their biggest area of need now and moving forward, regardless of what Patrice Bergeron decides to do. Thanks so much for sending in those questions. Always appreciate it. And uh, we'll do that again uh, next week. Now, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. You can save time and money by using Rock Auto for all your auto parts needs. You can uh, get 30, 50, even 100% savings for the same parts by choosing Rock Auto over a chain store or a car dealership. They're a family-owned business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump, about $350 from a chain store, $216 from Rock Auto. Their prices are always reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could possibly need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution for your auto parts needs. Again, go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Now let's finish with some news and notes from around the hockey world. The Olympics are beginning. Uh, the hockey tournament uh, the women's hockey tournament already underway. The men's teams have gathered for their first practices. And unfortunately for uh, former Bruin, not off to a great start. And that would be uh, David Krejci, who I had talked about earlier. Uh, David Krejci, according to Stephen Wino of the Associated Press, uh, tested positive for the coronavirus upon... Arrival in Beijing, missed the team's first 
full pre-Olympic practice. Uh, the uh, Czech coach says Krejci is still in the athlete's village awaiting more test results. Uh, if he passes a couple tests, he could be cleared uh, to practice Friday. Uh, Krejci is, uh, yeah, he's going to be retested tonight, retested tomorrow morning, and they strongly believe that he's going to join practice tomorrow. So hopefully that indeed is the case. Uh, Krejci, of course, decided to move home to uh, play for his hometown team in uh, Czechia and is representing his home country. Uh, very strict COVID protocols in China, in Beijing. If I, I listened to a, a podcast yesterday from a reporter who's there, you know, you're quarantined in your room. They put packing tape around the doors. And uh, yeah, hopefully he is able to uh, be cleared and practice with the team. That would be um, really disappointing for him uh, to not be able to play. Bad news in the U.S. women's game this morning as Brianna Decker was stretched off the ice with what appeared to be a severe leg injury in a game against Finland. Uh, that would be a huge loss for the American women's team. Um, ben Kuzma of the Providence, Province talked about JT Miller being available from the Canucks. Um, the Bruins and the Rangers are believed to be among the clubs linked to Miller. And Connor Garland could be a guy that the Bruins look at again as well. Um, the Canucks have been able to get a good look at Fabian Lysel out in uh, Vancouver this season. He's playing for the WHL's Giants. Um, would the Bruins be willing to part with probably their best prospect at the moment or their highest ceiling prospect? in order to bring in Miller, perhaps Garland, who will be around for uh, for a bit of time. Oof, that, that's a big ask. Uh, and we'll have to see uh, what Don Sweeney is willing to part with here uh, to improve the team now, if he's willing to give up a lot for uh, the future. That's it for today's episode of Locked on Boston Bruins. I hope you're all doing well, having a great week. Uh, Tomorrow, we'll look ahead at the All-Star Game, Patrice Bergeron's participation therein, and uh, maybe look back at some of the Bruins' more memorable moments at the All-Star Game. Uh, I won't be watching, probably, and going off the grid this weekend as we're having a bit of a winter retreat, myself and, and Lauren, my wife, which I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, last night... I actually sat down and watched a movie, if you can believe it. I haven't seen – I want to see the newest James Bond, No Time to Die. I hadn't yet seen Spectre, so I uh, pulled that up and watched that. And uh, it was it was all right, pretty good. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the last one as well when it becomes available on uh, video on demand. And might check out uh, the Pam and Tommy miniseries on Hulu tonight as well. All right, friends, I hope you're all doing well. Thank you so much for listening to Locked On Boston Bruins. And we'll be back tomorrow to wrap up the week here on the podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day.